0: It's time for the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Faulkner, joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeff Faulkner. And,
1: uh, oh, Jeff, Jeff, do we have you there? Are you awake, buddy? How you doing? I uh, I am awake. I'm sad because we were just saying the Blue Jays are losing to the Yankees and it's... This is like do or die time, uh, but I am awake. It's been a it's been a week for work, but I'm happy to be on air with you and talking about uh, week four already. We're halftime of the Thursday night game, past halftime now, and uh, yeah, already lots to talk about with injuries and lots to cover this week. So I'm excited, man. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm doing all right. It's been like you said, it's been a busy week. Um, you know, it's it's tough sometimes to balance everything that's going on, but uh I always appreciate a couple times a week when I get to sit with you for an hour and just chat football and have some fucking fun. Um, but uh yeah, we're we're getting into week 4, which does not seem possible, you know. Last week I said, "Oh, it's going to be great. We go all the way to week 14 for the regular season," but I'm starting to feel a little antsy now, like we're we're getting to the, you know, almost halfway point in a couple of weeks here, so uh, I'm especially antsy because some of my teams are not really performing and need to get going, so uh, you know what, one week at a time, right buddy, that's, that's what it's all about, one week at a time.
1: That's it, win, win, win this week, and then, uh, yeah, just turn it on from there, it's, you know, I have a feeling this week already, I mean, I don't want to give it away too much with the score here or whatever, but... Um, I just have a feeling, you know, I've, it's week four, you know, you're betting, you do like you're picking pools and you get, ooh, the week, first week, you don't really know, you get like eight or nine, right? And then week two, you get 12. And then week three, you get like 13 or 14. and You start thinking, you know, what's up. And I just feel like the NFL is going to throw us a curveball this week. There's going to be all kinds of crazy games where the, the wrong team wins and, uh, you know, it, the parody is still alive in this league. I think it's not as uh, lopsided as it seems after three weeks.
0: Yeah, it's funny, you know, the NFL kind of mirrors fantasy leagues sometimes. You look at rosters at the start of the season and think, oh, might as well just hand the trophy over, it's all over, but uh, you never know. That's why we play the games, right? Anyways, folks, uh, welcome in. If you're a new listener, welcome to the podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back, Maniacs. Um, before we get started here just a quick reminder in case you forgot we are twice a week in season we have a show coming out on Tuesday and on Friday we recap everything we give you our Rudy's Rambos our Munson's of the week we preview the games we give you the waiver wire everything you need all in one neat tidy little package so thanks for joining us and uh, make sure you're getting both of those shows um, you can help us out a lot make sure you subscribe uh, if you can review that would be great. And more important than that, get out there and share, share, share. Like the kids at school say, share, share, Sugar Bear. Get that show out there. Um, anybody you know who likes fantasy football and having fun, recommend the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Thanks very much.
1: That's it, man. We're 65 episodes into this thing, and we're doing the jersey swap. It is slim. pickings in these mid-60s. Uh, so this one's going to be very quick. Number 65 of your choice is Eric Carlson of the NHL. Or Hall of Famer Gary Zimmerman of the Denver Broncos. Who are you going
0: with? <laughs> oh, yeah, this is ugly. Um, I'd be tempted, you know, Carlson. He's kind of fallen off a little bit, but he was uh, he was a pretty special defenseman uh, back in his Ottawa Senator days. Uh, I could be I could be tempted by a Carlson jersey. I think. What about you?
1: I'm going with Zimmerman. I like the old Bronco, like throwback orange and blue jerseys and. Uh, you know, if I have to choose one, that's the one I'm going with, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, it is Orange Shirt Day, so that's not a bad pick, I guess. Anyways, uh, you know what? On uh, on the Friday show, we go through all of the weekend matchups, so we got lots to get to. But before we hit that, we got to get things started with the opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. <laughs> Okay, Jeff, so we're a few weeks in. People have had a, had a chance to breathe, to assess their rosters. You know, we're starting to make our decisions on on what players are and what they're not, and this is a big week to prove it. This is a big week for teams in the NFL to show what they really are, and this is a big week for people on your fantasy squad So let's talk about some of the players that we're maybe most concerned about or some of the players that we think um, have the most to prove this week. So why don't you get us started off with your pick at quarterback? Who's got to show something at quarterback this week?
1: Well, he's uh, near and dear to our heart. He's been uh, under center for, what, 16, 17, 18 years now for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but but, uh, he looks very washed and I'm very concerned so uh you know obviously I'm always gonna have all eyes on the Steelers game but Big Ben has to show me something this week um yeah I know the O-line's not great I know the defense is banged up but uh Big Ben looks every much every part the you know 20-year veteran that's trying to hang around so Big Ben he's going up against Green Bay who's obviously got a great offense and it's gonna be tough to hang with them but yeah I want to see something from number seven
0: I like that pick. I don't like what's been happening. Uh, it's it's hurting me real bad, and, you know, we talked about the offensive line struggles, and we had two more guys get hurt this past weekend, but uh, you're right. If he wants to hang with the MVP, he's going to have to sling the ball a little bit, and uh, so far we haven't really seen that, so hopefully he can step it up a little in week four. Uh, my pick for somebody who's got to show it is Justin Fields. He's He's got a favorable matchup. He's going up against the Detroit Lions, but, uh, you know, we kind of joked about it, but... He's a rookie. It was his first start, but uh, it was not great. And I'm only gonna put a bit. I'm only gonna put some of the blame on Field's shoulder. I thought some of his decision making wasn't great. I thought there were certainly times that he held onto the ball far too long. But uh, some of that also has to has to come down to the coach and to the play calling because what you've got is a young dynamic playmaker. He can make plays with his arms, but more than that, he can make plays with his feet and you just kind of hung him out there to dry and made zero adjustment and put him into a a situation where he can fail. So this is a prove-it week for me, for Justin Fields, and for Matt Nagy. Prove to me that you can coach at the NFL level, that you can make adjustments at halftime when things aren't working and protect your players and put them into a position for success because that was not good. Woof.
1: terrible it was terrible nick Foles is probably going to start this week by the way well
0: Um, andy we're going to get to it but andy dalton's been practicing so we actually don't know it might be might not even be uh field's chance to prove it he might be a healthy scratch we'll have to see um yeah let's get to the running back position though so who do you have who's got a who's got to show you something at running back this week
1: uh, Miles Sanders, Philadelphia against Kansas City. Kansas City has one of the worst run defenses. If I think it may even be the worst run defense in the NFL right now. Miles Sanders only had two carries last week against the Cowboys. I know the game script kind of took the run game away from the Eagles, but two carries is not right. I mean, other than having health issues, you really should be getting more totes than that. So, uh, yeah, I think they're going to try to get him the ball, and uh, if it doesn't work out that way, I'm going to be really concerned about him moving forward.
0: Well, and you know, game script got him out, but unless the game script changed two series into the game, there's no, absolutely no excuse to say he had two carries. Two carries for 26 yards, by the way, so 13 yards a carry, that's pretty good efficiency. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I agree. This has got to be, uh, this has got to be a make it for a guy who, you know, only a year ago we were talking about as a potential workhorse. And speaking of guys that we were just talking about as potential workhorses, I've got Johnny T, Jonathan Taylor against the Miami Dolphins. It's not a cake matchup, but, uh, you know, where he was taken and the hype that he had coming into his second season, the way he finished last year. Now I talked about it in the off season, he had the same kind of thing as David Montgomery, super favorable schedule. And he blew up. And for some reason, all offseason, people took credit away from Montgomery because of his schedule and said, oh, well, it's because he had easy teams. But then on the other hand, they would turn around and say, oh, my gosh, Jonathan Taylor showed that he's going to be the new face of running backs in the NFL because he did this and this and this the last five weeks of the season. Well, we got to see something here, Johnny. Your team needs you. Your your quarterback is like basically just yarn uh, from the knees down at this point. We need some help. He needs you to establish that ground and pound and get things going against the Dolphins. So let's see what you got.
1: I like that pick, too. And, I, you know, he's a guy I loved in the offseason. I've kind of not loved what I've seen so far, though. Uh, wide receiver position. We've talked about this guy every week. You asked me what to do with Allen Robinson. And I say, hey, keep being patient. He's too good to not break out. Well, he's facing Detroit I don't know who's going to be quarterback, like we mentioned earlier, but uh, he's got to show me something this week. I hope they try to get him the ball. He's too good. He's too good. I'm already seeing on fantasy Twitter people saying, trade Allen Robinson to this team and this team or this team just to get him an opportunity. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Allen Robinson, please show me something this week.
0: Absolutely. He, like I said the other day, he is killing you if you're rolling him out there. Uh, But it's so hard to put a guy like that on the bench. Um, my pick for wide receiver is Robbie Anderson, a guy who he showed up in a big way when he got to Carolina and so far that hasn't been the case, but no CMC, there should be some more, uh, targets available and the Panthers are rolling along at three, and zero. Sam Darnold's looking good. If Robbie's got what he showed last year, there shouldn't be any issue getting it going against the Dallas Cowboys. And again, this game could, uh, could turn into uh, what's your favorite word? A slobber knocker. Uh, this Slobber could knocker. yeah this could be a bit of a shootout Um, you know the Panthers D has been great but they they haven't come up maybe against as high power to test as the Cowboys so we're gonna see what happens here but uh, yeah Robbie Anderson he's been disappointing other than that long touchdown in week one so it's time to get things going there Robbie
1: yeah I'm excited about that game Carolina Cowboys the Cowboys look great Monday night and Carolina's a great all year that'll be fun Uh, You know what, so that's our, that segment there, the opening kickoff. We got to get into the meat potatoes, this thing. We got NFL football to talk about a full slate once again. Let's do our NFL game previews.
2: Al, my prediction is that whoever puts the most points on the scoreboard will probably win tonight's football
1: game. NFL previews. So first matchup, this one is, you know, I looked at it really quick and I'm like, oh, no brainer. And then I looked at it a little more, and I'm like, oh, maybe not so easy. We got Washington football team heading into hot land to face the Falcons. Both teams are 1-2, 47.5 point over under, with Washington being a a 1.5 point favorite on the road. Uh, But both teams, let's talk about both teams. Both teams are bottom third in the league in offense and defensive rankings. Not impressive at all. Obviously, Fitzpatrick went down early for the Washington football team, but... Yeah, they're they're not getting what they expected. We're not out of uh, you know fancy wise out of Gibson and and even McLaurin's really only had one big game. So um, yeah, not great there. And Fal- Falcons have just been a hot mess on both sides of the ball. It's been obvious since since the opening snap, uh, which was expected uh, from my end anyways. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, what's more surprising at. Atlanta O struggling or Washington D? For sure, for me, it's the Washington defense struggling. I think uh, I expected Atlanta to be one of the bottom three teams in the league this year. Uh, But I expected the Washington D to be the top defense in the league this year. And they're giving up chunk plays. They don't look dominant. Even the D line, you know, we talked about it a lot this offseason. We thought it was going to kind of ruin games, and it hasn't done that yet. That could happen this week, and then, you know, everything will be chill. But uh, until they do, I, I you know, I am concerned about them um gibson's missing practice time with shin issue i'm not really worried about that yet i think that's more a maintenance thing but um it's something to monitor because this guy's kind of been banged up his whole career uh, as far as starts in this game obviously calvin ridley kyle pitts i am not sure now i want to maybe you know if you have another option if you drafted pitts early when you had to basically and then took another mid-round tight end i, I may swap him out this week um i don't know i don't know how do you how do you feel about kyle pitts this week
0: Well, uh, we were talking actually before the show, so I ended up, as much as I didn't think I would, I ended up with Pitts in two of my leagues, in my Dynasty League and in another league where we get a rookie pick. Um, I ended up with the third pick in both, and I took Pitts. And one, I actually just traded him away, not because I don't think he's going to go off eventually, but it just was a good opportunity. Uh, In the other league, I have a hard time sitting him, though. I, I feel like I need to just keep rolling him out. I'm not sure that this is the week that the breakout might come, but, um, you know, he's he's shown himself to not really play like a traditional tight end. So I'm almost treating him like a high end rookie wide receiver. But uh, it's it's not a confident move. And if and if I need stability at that position, then he can't be the guy that I put out there. Because like you said last week until a few minutes to go, he was a goose egg.
1: That's it. Uh, Mike Davis is the running back still in Atlanta. I don't love that situation. I don't love him this week either. I'm probably not starting him if I can. Um, as far as Washington, though, Antonio Gibson, you're going with Terry McLaurin for sure. Logan Thomas is up there in tight end rankings, so you're starting him as well. Um, Corderell Patterson is, uh, you know, a definite maybe. I don't really know what to think about him. Uh, he's had some nice weeks, but it's still Corderell Patterson. Matt Ryan is, you know, really mid to, like, low pack of uh, quarterbacks this week. Uh, he, he's, You know, I don't love the matchup, but Atlanta has been gi- – or Washington has been giving up the chunk plays, so – you know maybe he throws a couple touchdowns and saves his day I don't think he's gonna have a ton of yards um Taylor Heineke I don't trust him at all still I mean he's showing some nice plays but I still don't trust it and J.D. McKissick if this goes it's the way I think it'll go they won't have to throw to J.D. McKissick but none of the Washington games have done that uh, so McKissick could have one of those games this week where he has eight catches for like 89 yards um yeah, I don't know how to gauge this one, but I'm taking Washington on the road. I think um, their defense. I'm hoping. I'm thinking it's going to be the week they take over. I'm taking Washington.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, going the other way. I'm going Atlanta in this one. I think that uh, I think that the passing game steps up a little bit. That Washington defense, like you said, they look beatable, and that kind of alarms me. You know, earlier you said what's more surprising, and it's definitely the Washington D. Um, I think Atlanta isn't the powerhouse it was a couple years ago, but they can still get things going and, uh, they're due for another win here. All right. Going along to the next one here, we've got a couple of the new teams, the New York Giants at Owen three, Ooh, taking on the new Orleans saints at two and one. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of good things happening in new Orleans, but a lot of not so good things as well. Uh, not the best looking two and one team I've ever seen. Uh, This is a low scoring over under 41 and a half points and the Saints are seven and a half point favorites. So not a lot of faith in Daniel Jones and the boys. And uh, that makes sense because we saw last week, you know, two of his pass catching options went out and a third one was kind of hobbled. And on top of that, the Saints defense has been one of the bright spots for that team. They're sixth in yards allowed, third in points allowed, and third in rushing yardage allowed. So, uh, you know, we saw a bit of an uptick for Saquon last week, but I'm not sure that that's really going to continue for sure this week. Um, you know, looking at the practice reports, Kenny Galladay, he's been dealing with that hip issue, uh, Saquon, you know, he's kind of doing his maintenance thing, but it's, it's Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard that I'm keeping an eye on. And so far no practice this week. So unless they, unless they get out there tomorrow, uh, or today, I guess, if you're listening on Friday, I wouldn't expect either of those guys to be, um, to be part of this, uh, lineup. So, That obviously affects the offense. It takes it down a little bit. In terms of players that I feel good about starting, Saquon, I'd say I feel fairly confidently, or as confidently as I did maybe in week one and week two, as in you're going to roll him out there because you probably took him at the end of the first round. But the only the only person in this whole game who really uh, fills me with confidence is Alvin Kamara. Um, I think he's I think he's ready to kind of take it up to the next level, like we've seen him do in the past. Uh, but there's a lot of maybes here. You know, if you're if you're looking for an RB, a wide receiver three or a flex, I think if Kenny Galladay is healthy, you can roll with him. Uh, Colin Johnson is a name we talked about as a deep, deep, deep waiver name. But if those other two, Slayton and Shepard, are out, Johnson saw a lot of targets in their absence. Even Evan Engram, you know, came back from injury and underwhelmed again last week, but uh, could be available. Um, On the Saints side of the ball, you know, there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of talk about Marquez Callaway. I'm not sure I'm really buying into it. I think this offense is going to roll along with Kamara um, as the primary guy until uh until the day that Michael Thomas shows his face again but uh what about the two quarterbacks here Jeff so we got Jameis Winston who was the QB one in week one with five touchdowns we got Daniel Jones who had a bit of a dud last week but he's actually been very good this year and and lots of rushing upside um either of those guys have a chance uh in a two quarterback league of making your lineup
1: yeah I could see me starting yeah either one of them is my quarterback too I think uh Jones will do enough on the ground, even if he doesn't have the greatest passing day. But, um, and I think Winston will be better than the you know two weeks ago was a terrible. But he he's been pretty good at the other two games, so I think he'll have enough. So I'm not comfortable with either one of those guys as my QB two for sure.
0: As a totally hypothetical question, would you rather start Daniel Jones or would you rather start Jimmy Garoppolo against the Seahawks?
1: Uh probably Daniel Jones because. We've seen some poaching happening in San Francisco and that could be the difference between the two. Okay.
0: just going to make a little change to my lineup here. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'm going to shock uh, you here. I think I'm going to shock you. I got the G men there. Everything tells me that the saints are going to win, wow. but like you said, it's week four, crazy things are going to happen um you know i i just have this kind of weird weird feeling that daniel jones is going to do something big that maybe saquon even though he's getting stifled he might break open one run um i think the giants are going to uh are going to expose some weaknesses in the Jameis winston saints
1: you know what i'm ha- i'm getting a feeling here too uh, but it's not the same way i'm taking the saints <laughs> home um it's i think this is actually their first home game is it not where they're actually in new orleans um and a bonus Rudy of the Week, Kadarius Tony of the Giants. Uh, I heard the coach ju- judge saying they got to make a point of getting their first-round pick the ball more, so maybe they designed something. Um, so if you're, you're very, very desperate at the wide receiver position, uh, he's a guy you can put in as a Rudy, the late Rudy of the Week. Stamp that. <laughs> Our next matchup should be an absolute massacre. Uh, it's, it should be, but this is uh, the NFL, and it's Week 4. we got the 1-2, and last-place Kansas City Chiefs. Against the 1 and 2 Philadelphia Eagles. 54.5 point over under. Chiefs are favored by 6.5 points by a touchdown on the road. Uh, yeah, Chiefs are last in their division and they're like kind of, you know, have some ground to make up. Three and o, two 3 0 teams ahead of them and uh, it's, it's been wild and another team they lost to. So yeah, the Chiefs have some work to do and I'm not worried about it at all. I think it starts this week against the Eagles. Eagles were garbage on Monday. Uh, I think they've kind of been garbage all year and I think uh, they're going to be garbage to, on Sunday. Kansas City offense is top five in passing yards, in passing, in yards, and in points. And Eagles defense uh, is top five in passing and rush attack. I don't care about those stats right now. I think the Chiefs are going to come out angry. This is Andy Reid in his old home. Uh, Hopefully, he's a-okay to be on the sidelines and enjoy the moment while his team just destroys his old team. Uh, This is going to be very, very. Lopsided, I think. I'm taking Mahomes for sure. Tyreek for sure. Kelsey for sure. Though Tyreek has sneaky. Been kind of bad so far this year. Um, I'm starting CEH for sure. And then uh, the maybes are McCall Hardman. Uh, Jalen Hurts is too talented to not start. You know what I mean? Even when he has bad games, like it seemed like he had a terrible game against the Cowboys Monday. He still had over 20 fantasy points. So I'm starting him for sure. Uh, I already talked about my sanders and i'm very curious about how they use him maybe you know i i think they'll they're going to try to get in the ball more so i'd probably start him again that's the the worst one of the worst right re- past uh sorry rushing defenses in the league in the chiefs gainwell maybe J- devonta smith very maybe Rager probably not goddard yes i think uh you know Hertz looked at him his way a lot on monday night and i think that's going to continue and hurts is a you know no thanks
0: yeah i uh i, I the hear the you. Chiefs big time. oh yeah. I hear what you're saying about Tyreek. I think the thing with him is last year we kind of maybe got tricked last year. He made us feel safe putting him out there every week, but going into last season, that wasn't really the narrative, right? It was, he's going to either win you your week or he might have eight to 10 points. Um, and you know, every wide receiver goes through this. It's, it's almost unheard of that you have a star wide receiver who just produces, produces, produces. So, uh, if you're a hill owner, I'm not panicking whatsoever. And if you're not a hill owner, I'm trying to make them panic and maybe get a little trade action before things really take off. But uh, I got the chief. Oh, boy. This, I don't even want to talk about this one. All I need to tell you is that uh, the Houston Texans apparently still have a football team. And uh, they're going to Buffalo. And uh, the Bills are 16 and a half point favorites. I believe that is more points than the Giants are projected to get. Uh, that is the biggest. Um, that's the biggest uh, plus minus I've heard in a long time. Uh, Forty-six and a half point over under. So that tells you exactly what uh, what Vegas thinks is going to happen in this game. It's not going to be good, and uh, the weather's not going to be good. It's looking like it might be a rainy day, which is a bit of a nice. bummer. Well, it, it's going to make for a good, you know, slog it out football game, but a bit of a bummer for fantasy because a lot of the weapons that we want to say yes to are in the passing game. Right. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, uh, Manny Sanders, Brandon Cooks. It could be a tough day if it's cold and rainy in Buffalo. Um, but uh, the Bills' offense finally, finally broke out in a big way. I almost put Josh Allen as my player to prove something, and by prove something, I mean put up a six-touchdown performance this week against a uh, you know a high school JV squad. But the Bills' defense has just been outstanding. Um, they're going to dominate Houston. There's not not a lot to love in uh, in the Texans' lineup, but if you've got Brandon Cooks, he's been a machine. Um, there's a lot of maybes though, the running game in Buffalo, you know, we talked about Zach Moss as a pickup. If you, if you went out on your waiver wire and found Zach Moss, or if you found a low ball trade, or maybe he's been sitting on your bench, do you think he makes your lineup this week? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it could be that kind of game where they're, uh, you know, killing clock and, and, uh, ground and pound in the rain. Uh, Gabriel Davis is a maybe for me but it's tough because he's the fourth he's obviously the fourth man in the in the totem pole um, but uh, you know there's always there's always that available big play there's always that available scoring play um, one name I forgot to put in here actually is Dawson Knox the tight end from uh, Buffalo he's got scores in back-to-back weeks he's obviously a target that Alan trusts in the end zone so uh, you could do worse than putting out Knox in your lineup but uh, on the other side of the ball, you know, I put down Davis Mills, Mark Ingram, the other Texans running backs, Anthony Miller. I'm staying away. This is not the week to get cute. Maybe you pick up one of those guys if you got a deep bench and you stash and see. But uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't even, I couldn't imagine a scenario where I'm desperate enough to roll one of those guys out. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills.
1: Yeah, me too. I think the Bills D, I don't, uh, is you know an obvious start there. They may be the D one this week after uh, they're going to destroy Davis Mills and these guys. So Bills buy a lot at Ralph Wilson or formerly Ralph Wilson Stadium. Um, all right, let's get into a game that should actually be tight and could go either way, and should be a lot of fun fantasy wise. The three and and0 Carolina Panthers going into Dallas to play the two and one Cowboys. Fifty point five over under with the Cowboys being four and a half point favorites. Um, Cowboys offense has been top five or six in every measure, passing top ten, except passing. Sorry, they're top ten in passing. um Dude, uh, the Panthers D is one of the most fun to watch. I watched last Thursday with Whammer, who is a huge Panthers fan, and they bring in these guy D linemen in and out. They're all fast, quick, and like all over the quarterback every play. So I love watching their defense. It's number one in yards against and passing and rushing. Number two in the and points allowed and um you know they got their tests it's uh their 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 work cut out for them it's a big test this week against the Dallas Cowboys uh look who look great against the Eagles but it was the Eagles right so I can't wait to see how this one plays out for sure you're starting Dak you're starting Zeke you're starting Cooper you're starting Lamb Chuba is going to be the man Uh, I'm starting him for sure DJ Moore as well I'm pretty okay starting Sam Darnold as well he's shown me enough that um and I think this game could be a shootout, so I'm starting Darnold. If uh, as you know, two quarterback leagues for sure. One quarterback, I don't, I don't think I will, but you know, he's right near that, kind of like kind of border the cusp there of, of one quarterback or QB two. Um, Roby Anderson is a very maybe we talked, yeah, we talked about that earlier. Uh, Tony Pollard, a uh, little dinged up. I don't know if he's actually. I think he's got a questionable tag right now, so keep an eye on that. Cedric Wilson is a Hail Mary. Dalton Schultz, you know, got more looks than I thought. It's been uh, an even split with the Dallas tight ends up until last week, and they favored Schultz a little more. He was a big breakout candidate last year, and now he's coming off that injury. Maybe he's getting a little more comfortable. Um, You know, you could do worse at tight end than Dalton Schultz, as I'll say. Um, As far as the game, I'm taking the Cowboys at home. I don't think the Panthers are going 4-0 on the road.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. They're, uh, 3-0 is a good start for them, but I don't see 4-0. I think the Cowboys, uh, you know, they clicked a little bit last week, and uh, that's, what, you know, that's what good matchups like the Eagles will do for you. It lets you kind of run through things like you're running against a shadow squad. So I think they figured some things out. I think the offense is going to roll, and they're going to uh, get the win. This next matchup is also going to be a good one for fantasy football. We've got the Cleveland Browns, the team that some people are calling the best in the league. Not me, not me. I heard Jeff say that, but not me. Uh, Cleveland Browns at 2-1, taking on the Minnesota Vikings at 1-2. and two. It's a 51.5 point over-under, and the Browns are 2.5 point favorites, so just a field goal in this one. Um, the Cleveland run game has been almost unstoppable and the defense has been almost unmatchable and that's, you know, their team's identity. They want to control the ball. They want to control the game. They want to take it out of the hands of your playmakers. Um, Minnesota's offense though has looked great. They've been top 10 across the board, but the defense has been in the bottom third of the league. That was the story last year as well. Um so something's got to give here, right? We've got Cleveland's uh, outstanding defense and Minnesota's hot, high-powered offense. Um Dalvin Cook is a name to watch this week. Obviously, he was out last week and uh, Alexander Madison rewarded people who went out on the waiver wires and picked him up. Uh he's been limited, but he has been practicing, so he's kind of trending towards getting in there this week. Um so when we're looking at the when we're looking at the players that for sure we're going to put in there, you know, the uh, the Lightning and Thunder, the Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt in Cleveland, those guys both have to be in your lineup. Hunt showed you why why he's the most valuable uh, quote-unquote handcuff in the league last week. Uh, Kirk Cousins, the way he's been playing, you know, even against this defense, I'm rolling him out with confidence. He's been a, almost a top five quarterback every week. Um, if Dalvin Cook is in, I'm rolling him out there. You've got to. If he's not, then then go back to the well with Madison. And then the two receivers, uh Jefferson and Thielen for sure. Um but there's a few names on the maybe list. Baker Mayfield, for me, he's a no. Um, you know, even though even though the Browns have looked good, even though the defense for the Vikings have looked bad, I I just don't think that he's going to uh have enough of the game in his hands to really make a big impact on your fantasy lineup um Odell Beckham I'm gonna give him a yes honestly um you know Jarvis Landry out and and uh Odell's first game back in action last week and I thought he looked pretty good you know for how uh for the troubles he's had staying healthy and coming off that knee injury I thought he looked pretty good and then two more names that you could maybe even go out there and get uh, at least one of these guys. Austin Hooper um, has seen, you know, they have a crowded tight end room, but he's kind of re-emerging as the, as the main go-to guy and uh, gives you that touchdown upside. And then K.J. Osborne, he hurt me last week. I called him by Rudy after two big weeks, and he put up a dud, but uh, if you need somebody in your lineup, I'd go back to the well with Osborne. I think he's going to get targets and... Uh, the Browns' defense is going to have their hands full with that receiving trio. This one we're not on the same page on. I'm I'm going a little bit with the underdogs here. I'm going with the Vikings. I think, that, uh, I think that Cleveland's going to get upset in this one.
1: Interesting. Well, I think, you know, obviously we've talked about Justin Fields and how much he struggled last week. I think, you know, some of the credit has to be given to the defense, and I think it was kind of their coming out party. I think they're going to make it very uncomfortable for Kirk Cousins and uh, make him, you know, force some throws that he doesn't want to make and, and, and they just could to lead to turnovers. I'm taking the Browns on the road, and, uh, yeah, we shall see. This one will be one of the ones where we differ on, which I love. Um, our next matchup, the Jacoby Brissett revenge game. Everybody's circled this on their calendar, I'm sure. You <laughs> know When the season's schedule came out, everybody's like, ooh, when does he play him? So Indianapolis Colts at and 3 which is shocking. Um, going into Miami to face the one and two Dolphins, 42 and a half point over under. Dolphins are two and a half point favorites at home. Uh, both teams have been pretty underwhelming on both offense and defense. Carson Wentz isn't 100%. Jacoby Brissett isn't the starting quarterback. So not ideal scenarios. Both of the uh, quarterbacks. I'm starting Jonathan Taylor. I'm starting Michael Pittman. I'm starting Mike Isecki. I'm starting Miles Gaskin. Um, I'm starting... Probably Naheem Hines in this one, and that's probably it. I don't love anybody else in this matchup. Not really a big fan of Zach Pascal, even though he's shown some flashes. Uh, Carson Wentz, Joe Kobe, Brissett themselves. No, thank you. Uh, Waddle, Parker, Fuller. Uh, Fuller had some deep targets, but I didn't love the connection. It seemed like Brissett really kind of zoned in on his tight end, and uh, Malcolm Brown's a no thanks. I can't see the Colts going to 0-4. I just can't do it, so we're going to differ on this one as well. I'm taking Indy on the road.
0: Yeah, see, I just don't think they've got enough going on unless, like you said, unless Taylor, you know, becomes the focal piece of this game. I don't, uh, I don't like what I've really seen. And now, uh, you know, missing a big, a big piece of their O-line out with injury. I don't know. I think that uh, I think that what we saw from the Miami defense last year is kind of the same from what we saw with Washington last year, and both have been underwhelming, but uh, both have the potential to step up. And if they bring their if they bring their game against a hobbled Wentz and a weakened O line, uh, they're going. Indy's going to have their hands full. So, I think the Dolphins are going to do it. I think uh, I think Jacoby Brissett is going to is going to win the Brissett Bowl. Oh, boy. All right. Well, this next one should be a pretty quick one. Uh, Tennessee Titans 2-1 taking on the 0-3 New York Jets coming off of a pretty tough loss last week. It's a 43.5 point over-under, and the Titans are 6.5 point favorites. Um, the only thing about the Titans that I don't like right now is their passing offense, and uh, the Jets, I just don't like anything. They honestly remind me of like a Pop Warner team. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen here with the Titans offense because uh, in the passing game because Julio and A.J. Brown are both not practicing. We saw A.J. Brown leave with the hamstring injury. Julio has actually looked like the better receiver, but now this week news came out that he's receiving therapy for a leg injury, which anyone who's owned Julio or had managed Julio Jones over the last decade, that's the last two words you want to hear is leg injury. Yikes. Uh, there is one player that I really, really want to roll out, and that is King Henry, because he might touch the ball 47 times, and uh, from the get-go, it might just be, we're going to run him, and you're going to try and stop him, New York, and you're not going to, um, but if you're looking for somebody else to, to plug in with confidence, the Titans DST, we talked about them as a waiver pickup, I've, uh, you know, it hasn't been great, but uh doesn't take a lot to uh, to look pretty good against the Jets, so... King Henry and the Titans DST and if I'm looking across the list you know if Julio's healthy then yeah I'd probably give him a give him a bump um, a name that you might not be familiar with Nick Westbrook Iini Ikinney I think Nick Westbrook Ikinney he got a lot of targets for the Titans uh, last week and if a couple of them connected he could have had a pretty big game. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the other names in New York, Corey Davis, Michael Carter, no thanks. I'll pass. Uh, I've, I'm going to, it's tough with those guys. Cause I'm going to probably have to see two or three good weeks before I feel comfortable at all putting them in. Um, but the name I want to get back to, we've talked about him before, Ryan Tannehill, you know, there's been so much hype of like, Oh, he look at his stats, look at his metrics. The only person who's been better than him over the last couple of seasons is Patrick Mahomes. Well, I'd say there's probably about 25 quarterbacks that have been better than him this year. What are you doing with Tannehill?
1: Uh, I'm starting him this week for sure. I'm just, I'm not getting too smart about it. I think he's going to break out. Um, and I'm, just another note, I'm starting Corey Davis, I think, in this one as well, just because Titans' past D hasn't been outstanding. Um, yeah, Tannehill, it's, it's been an interesting start. I don't know, you know, Julio in or out. Obviously, AJ Brown's out, so that hurts Tannehill's value, but. Um, the only thing I'm really worried about with any of the Titans, like even Derrick Henry, is if this game is like 28 nothing because of two pick sixes and you know a short field touchdown pass, you know, puts it out of hand and they can uh, use it as an opportunity to rest Henry or some of the other guys. So that's my only real concern from this one. I think it's the Jets are just terrible. Yep. Our next matchup is a divisional matchup between the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears, 43 and a half point over under with the Bears being a two and a half point favorite at home. This one feels like maybe Detroit's best chance to avoid an 0-17 season, doesn't it? It's just, uh, you know, Chicago Bears are not doing anything. Their offense has been the worst in the NFL. Um, you know, Andy Dalton's bad practice, Justin Fields looked like he was, you know, playing pop Warner against the NFL. I don't know, it was bad. Um, but the trade hasn't been great either, right? There's still the Detroit Lions, we got DeAndre Swift hampered with a groin injury right now. Um, you know, but they showed a lot of hot, uh guts out of it. You know, they lost that game to the Ravens last week on that last kick. There was the, you know, the the a game that wasn't called that maybe should have been called before that so you know those two things happen differently and the Detroit Lions have a win right now and they're feeling pretty good about themselves and we're probably picking them as an easy favorite over the Bears so um, yeah it may sound weird but I think they're going to put together a nice game plan in here I really love DeAndre Swift this week so he's a start for me I think Williams will get enough he might fall in the end zone I'm probably starting him Hawkinson bounced back after his kind of rough game last week and uh, Montgomery for the Bears I'm starting for sure he's really really just too talented to sit uh, Allen Robinson, I think, you know, one more week. Let's do it. Let's get A-Rob in our lineups and see if they can, you know, get some passing offense going. I'm starting Robinson. If it's Fields or if it's Dalton, I'm starting Robinson. But if it's either one of them, I'm probably not starting the quarterbacks if I don't have to. Um, Jared Goff is, a you know, borderline QB2. Khalif Raymond, no. Dar- Darnell Mooney is not uh, – I'm not starting two Bears receivers. I'm barely starting one with Robinson, so no thanks. And I don't know about either D in this one. You know, the Bears' D hasn't been as good as I hoped they would, and the Lions' D has been better than I thought they would be, but I don't know if it translates to fantasy relevance, so I'm kind of avoiding these Ds this week. Yeah. taking the Lions on the road. Uh, Yeah,
0: I'm avoiding as much of this lineup as I can. For me, if I had Allen Robinson on my team... It's a tough matchup to say it, but if there's a better option, I I would be okay with putting him on the bench and just saying I've got to see the targets, I've got to see at least the potential for a good game. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think this is Detroit's chance to put a one in the wins column. I'm going with the Lions, and uh, it's going to hurt me on Sunday, I think, when they lose again. All right, this, though, is like if there if there was a polar opposite to the Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears, it's got to be this game. The Arizona Cardinals at 3-0 taking on the L.A. Rams at 3-0, half point over under. The Rams are 4.5 point favorites. I am excited to watch this game. Both of these offense are high-flying. Two quarterbacks just doing what they love to do. The Cardinals' defense has been... A big surprise though Um, you know they put on that show in week one with all the with all the sacks and whatever but uh, they've actually been a little bit better than the Rams D which seems unfathomable the Rams were like the standard for the last couple seasons Um, this is going to be a good game and there's going to be a lot of fantasy points Uh, Daryl Henderson's been back at practice that's a big boost for that Rams offense to be able to balance it with a bit of running and he's looked pretty good I think it's kind of a pain tolerance thing with him he's got the rib injury Uh, Hopkins has been back at practice he's he's moving around a little bit better he was hobbled a bit last week possibly a decoy game Uh, looking at the lineups though I'm a yes for Kyler I'm a yes for Chase Edmonds I'm a yes for Hopkins for sure Uh, Matt Stafford, absolutely. Cooper Cup, absolutely. Henderson, if he's in, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Um, And then this is, I'm more positive on the maybes in this one. So the other three receivers in Arizona, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, Rondell Moore, in that order, I'm probably okay with rolling them out, um, you know, filling that wide receiver three or that flex spot for you. Um, Robert Woods, he's... (sighs) We haven't, we've talked a bit about it. We've made note of it, but we haven't had a real discussion. Um, So far, he is, he's a total bust for where you drafted him. However, I, I believe in him as a receiver. Uh, He's kind of in the Allen Robinson mold for me where I don't hate it if you want to roll him out and I don't hate him if you want to sit him on your bench and see what happens because, uh, you know, he needs a little more action look in his way. The only guys I'm not really interested in as much in this is uh, James Conner. You know, he he rumbled in for a couple touchdowns, but I don't in the first few weeks. But I don't expect much of that this year. I think Chase is the guy, and uh, Tyler Higby. I can't make up my mind on him. Just when I think he's just when I think he's not gonna play a role. He surprises me, and then just when I start to get a little confidence in him, uh, the ball goes elsewhere. So he's kind of like a regular tight end flyer for me. You want a touchdown out of him, basically. But uh, these are two good teams, but I'm going with the uh, I'm going with the gold and blue. Going with the Rams.
1: Yeah, I'm taking the Rams at home too. I love this game, though. I'm really really excited. It's weird. This week is like the one o'clock slate is very meh. But after once, like the 4 p.m. games start, there's some bangers. Like it's banger, 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 and the Steelers. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch the uh, the afternoon slate. Um, I think Robert Woods is gonna have a bounce back this week too. And you know, we we're gonna do the Munson of the week a little later on. Kyler Murray was a consideration for me. He's the QB one on the season overall, and uh, I don't know. I just got a gut feeling that maybe the Rams can contain him this week. So. Um, I didn't do it, but uh, that was one of the considerations. <laughs> um, I mentioned uh, I mentioned this late, this, uh, this slate was full of bangers and you know this whole division is playing each other. The Rams and the Cardinals are playing. we just talked about that and the Seahawks and the 49ers are going to go at it as well. Uh, it's a, the Seahawks are currently one and two. the 49ers are two and one coming off that devastating loss uh, get to the Packers on the last second of Sunday Night Football. Um, 51.5 point over under in this one with the 49ers being a two and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, both these teams' offenses have been up and down. Seattle's D can't stop anything, especially the run, which Shanahan loves to do. Unfortunately for him, Eliza you know, Mitchell's still limited, and they're on their 30th running back. Uh, you know, It could be Trey Sermon's show, but you know, he only got 10 totes last week, so let's see if they have any more trust with him. Uh, as far as Seattle, uh, Everett's on the COVID list. Lockett was out today. DK was limited, so you got to watch those guys. It was a hip injury for Lockett, which is not great, um, but... It was great to see him playing after what looked like it was a serious injury and uh, back to san francisco george kittle's not practicing right right now but i'm not too worried about him he can kind of go without practicing um so i'm starting Russ for sure starting lockett if he's in i'm starting dk for sure probably starting chris carson definitely starting george kittle i'm definitely starting debo if mitchell's out i'm definitely starting sermon if Mitchell's in, I'm not sure if I'm starting either one of the San Francisco running backs. Um, I don't know about either of their quarterbacks as well. And I think Brandon Ayuk is—you uh, know—you could do a lot worse with a flex after them. Uh, just kind of showing him showing some life last week after you know showing nothing the first couple weeks. So I'm okay with Ayuk in my flex spot. I think this game is going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's just amazing, and I love Shanahan. I love him after a loss even more at home. So I'm taking the 49ers at home.
0: Yeah, Brandon Ayuk, you know, he sh- he was a healthy scratch in week, or what, I can't remember. No, he wasn't a healthy scratch in week one, that was Sermon, but he barely played, like he wasn't on the field, he was an afterthought, but last week in week three, he really showed up, and I always try to think about it like this, if what he did in week three had happened in week one, I would feel great about putting Ayuk in my lineup, even if week two and week three were duds. He showed you right away. I think because of the start, people are more weary. I would, I'd absolutely roll Ayuk out there. I just picked him up in a league where somebody dropped him and got him off waivers, Um, you know, which is uh, a little lesson, hopefully, in not uh, overreacting to week one or week two. Um, I think with the two receivers, you know, Lockett, he was out today. He came back in that game, which was encouraging. He had a limited practice. Keep an eye on what happens tomorrow uh DK popping up with a foot injury I don't like that at all but uh he did practice in a limited fashion um but uh George Kittle you know he kind of we didn't really we kind of glazed over it but he did get hurt at the end of that game and uh the fact that he's not practicing and just with his injury history um you know we've talked about it the way he plays the game is so violent he comes right at you and he almost causes some of his injury himself um that bears watching so uh you know, just in case he's one of those big three tight ends. If you're relying on him, you might need to have a backup plan ready to go. But uh I'm going the other way. I'm going with the Seahawks. I think I think Russ is gonna cook. I think he's gonna get things done. Uh, I don't want to talk about this next oh, one I know. at all. At why all. do we have
1: to face this? I know. It's
0: well, good. and you know what, Falconiacs, I need to uh I need to I need to backtrack a little bit because week one I was uh, I was crowing pretty big, you know. I kind of went at all the people who talked about how bad the Steelers were going to be this year after they took down the big bad Buffalo Bills, and uh, it's possible I may have been a little hasty because uh, they are not looking good. We talked about the Freaky Friday with the Cincinnati Bengals there, and uh, just I don't know what it is, man. The offensively, it just feels it feels slow it feels stagnant it feels like ben you know can't do the things he wants to do um i don't know if you well i think in our one group chat you saw the play uh and during the game where he tried to roll out and uh basically just tripped over his own feet and i have not seen an adult hit the ground that hard tripping like he didn't know what was happening it looked like a sniper got him from the top of the stadium just hit the ground like a ton of bricks
1: it was like the grape lady. Have you seen the grape stomping lady video? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I think yeah, that's, that's the noise right. he I'm made. Sure he made that noise. That's the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Poor
0: guy. But, uh, you know, all that aside, um, <laughs> the Packers are starting to roll. The Packers are, I told you after week one, R-E-L-A-X, and they're starting to move. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers did an Aaron Rodgers thing last week. And I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to put them in a position where he has to do an Aaron Rodgers thing. It might be a Jordan Love thing because they're resting Rodgers because they're up by five scores. But uh, we'll see what happens. Both running backs a little dinged up for Green Bay. Actually, Dylan popping up with a bit of a back injury. So he, he may be one to watch if you're thinking of rolling him out in a flex. Although I don't think I'd be doing that at this point. Um, a little bit of good news, at least for the Steelers, Deontay Johnson, um, you know, got on full practice. So he missed last week's with that knee injury, but we talked about he avoided serious injury. Uh, he got in a full practice, Juju and Claypool, both limited. I think Deontay, if he's there, you got to roll him out cause they're going to be playing catch up and passing the ball. I think the number one receiver for the Steelers, Najee Harris, 19 targets out of the backfield last yeah. week. Uh, he is a go, 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 go. Um, you know, on Green Bay side for sure, you're playing the big 3, rogers Adams and Jones. Put them in your lineup. And uh honestly, if if Chase Claypool's healthy and his hamstring is healthy, I'm putting him in because Ben if he's got anything left in that noodle arm, he's going to be taking some shots trying to make a big play and uh you know, big big play Claypool, he's the uh he's the guy to go to. Um, other than that, though, I don't really like it. If Deontay's in and Juju's hurt, I don't like him as a. Uh, I don't like him as an option, and uh, none of the other Green Bay guys are really, uh, really turning my crank here. Robert Tunyon, MVS, no thanks. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't even want. to. Do I have to pick a team? Do I have to say it, or can everybody just assume what I'm saying? No, we know I don't exactly. like it. Yeah, I gotta find a cheese
1: hat. Uh. Packers and I my son just made a new friend his dad's a Packers fan you know it's just uh, Packers are gonna win by 100 so I'm putting that out in the universe hoping that TJ Watt just ruins this game (laughs) and the defense can get back to itself but I'm putting it out there that we're gonna get destroyed it's obvious so um yeah I'm taking the Packers as well this next game is gonna be awesome and uh it's the two and one Baltimore Ravens going to Denver to face the three and oh Denver Broncos with a 44 and a half point over under Broncos are 0.5 point favorites. This is going to be awesome, man. I can't wait for this game. Baltimore rush attack is number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they have been for what two and a half years now. Um, the pass attack is yikes. Denver's middle of the pack on O, but their D has been, you know, elite. It's, uh, Vaughn Miller just one player of the month. They've had a pretty easy schedule, which is, you know, should be said, but they're still put doing what they should be doing in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to watch this game. Uh, Melvin Gordon's been limited, but there's no real concern. His workload has gone up every single week, which, is, as a Javante Williams owner, has not been fun to watch, but it's just the case. Melvin Gordon's usage has been going up. And uh, so, yeah, I'm not too worried about him. Obviously, with uh, KJ Hamler out, Tim Patrick, and the passing game in Denver, um, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are the one 2 and then, you know, it's really hit or miss after that. You got Cor- Noah Fant and the running backs um so i you know teddy two has been awesome this year i li- really like the pass attack for denver even though the stats don't kind of back that up um but i have been impressed with denver's offense so uh, as far as who i'm starting in this one lamar jackson for sure no doubt about it mark andrews yes Melvin gordon i'm starting i'm starting noah fant i'm starting uh Cortland sutton and i'm starting tim patrick i like both of those guys as well I'm very concerned about uh, Tyson Williams. You know, he showed flashes in the first couple of weeks, and then the workload last week was very concerning. Hollywood Brown, when those drops, is, you know, I think a bounce back is going to happen, but Rashad Bateman is also in the picture now, so that's a consideration. Um, I don't know what kind of, you know, role he'll have in his first week coming back from that injury, but he is eligible um, to potentially play this week, so keep an eye out there. Um, I'm not sure I want to start Teddy um, against the Ravens defense, which is kind of, you know it's banged up, but it's still pretty good. And uh, I don't think I'm going to start the Denver's D this week because uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, as far as the game, I'm taking the Ravens on the road.
0: Yeah, I uh, so I've talked about it. The Broncos D I had in all of my leagues. I drafted them in every league. I loved that opening schedule, and obviously it uh, you know kind of came to a came to a top this past week against the Jets with the big shutout and the big performance. And um, going into the season, my plan was, okay, get to get through week three and then we'll drop and make some pickups. But I will tell you the truth, Jeff, I'm not a guy who likes to carry more than one defense, and I've got the Titans defense rolling in most of my leagues here against the Jets. Uh, but in three of my four leagues, I actually just held on to the Broncos D because I mean, not to play, but I want to see what happens against this team because if they, can put yeah. up a strong performance. You might have you might have a team that you can just roll out there with confidence against almost anybody. Um, they're gonna get scored on. It's not gonna be a shutout like it was every week last week. But uh, they've been so good at all parts of the game and so good at at just swarming the quarterback. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm wherever I had enough bench depth to do so. I'm hanging on to watch and just just wait and see what happens. Um, it's a tough one, Hollywood. I don't know. Like I made Sammy, I made Sammy Watkins my uh, my Rudy of the week, and I joked a little that uh, you know Lamar might not be looking Hollywood's way. But the other thing of it is that uh, you know the pass coverage for the Broncos is going to be all over him, and and I don't know that I've I've seen enough of him to be able to really take down those top coverage guys. I think the Broncos have something going here. I think they're going to uh I think that they're going to roll to 4-0 and they're going to take this game down, which I did not think oh, I'd man. be saying at this point in the season. Eee.
1: Well, if it does happen, like man, that'll look like it's they're the team that everybody's going to go, "Wow, we were wrong about them. They'll be 4-0. They'll beat the team that beat the Chiefs." Uh, yo, know, there's a lot of narratives to this and the Chiefs, man, 4-0 behind Denver who's doing this. that will be it'll be fun to watch. How that division plays out with the Raiders at 3 0 as well, and the Chargers playing so good. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens here. If they if the Broncos do pull this out, they're going to move up a lot of power rankings. I'll say that.
0: Oh, yeah, I love this next game. I have been waiting for this next game since the day the schedule was released. This is like if you could ever make a movie about one game in the 2021 season, this is it. Everything about this game is going to be amazing. Probably except for the actual competitiveness of the football game itself. We've got the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Brady Buccaneers at two and one rolling into Foxborough, taking on the new England Patriots. Tommy's coming home, baby. Daddy Bill, get those arms open. Here I am. Uh, it's a 48 and a half point over under and the Bucs are a touchdown favorite in this one. um, He's coming home for the first time since leaving. He has le- he has under 70 yards to go to break the all-time passing record, and he's going to do it in a place where he broke so many other records and put on a, a full career of quarterback play unlike we've ever seen. This is a game where the opposing team might get more applause than the home team, and I'm not being you know i'm not joking when i say that i hope that the fans in new england are on their feet clapping those hands every time the buccaneers go down the field and that's gonna be a lot they are the top team in the nfl in points scored the second most in passing offense everything's good except they're rushing and uh you know i wouldn't worry too much about that uh new england's offense is struggling under rookie mac jones um but uh you know as usual bill belichick's defense has been great but uh i don't think they i don't think they've got what it takes to uh to hang with the big boys here um one thing to watch this week you know this is a revenge game not just for tom brady but uh for rob gronkowski and uh don't forget antonio brown very very brief stop uh put up one one great game in new england showed up did great oh out of the league again um but uh yeah but keep an eye on Gronk he hasn't practiced this week you know we saw him get banged up he did come back in the game uh Antonio Brown just tonight uh brought off the COVID list so if you've got him we're recording Thursday night so if you've got him on your IR you can put him back in your lineup um this one hurts for the Patriots. So we talked about James White and that hip injury. Um as of today he's actually been announced he's done for the year. So uh that's a tough one and um you know you you wonder how many more years a guy like that has going in his career. So hopefully he can bounce back from this injury. But uh there's a lot of yeses. There's a lot of yeses on the Buccaneers side. Tom Brady, yep. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, yep. Rob Gronkowski, yep. Bucks D, yep. I don't like a lot of the maybes. Um, the two the two that I could possibly see myself are the two wide receivers in New England, Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar, especially with James White out. Um, they're going to be trailing. They're going to be chasing. They're going to be trying to get rid of the ball. You can't run on them at all. So Damian Harris, go away. You're not part of this plan. Any of the other New England running backs that you might pick up because White's out, uh, I wouldn't put them in your lineup this week. But uh, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, maybe if you need to. But uh, I would avoid Patriots offensive players at all costs in this one. And Tom and the boys are going to get things done. I think Brady's going to do something special in this game, and I think the Bucks are going to win it.
1: Oh, it's almost like it's extraterrestrial. It's kind of special. Uh, I've never been more sure of anything in my life than Gronk scoring a touchdown in this game and doing a Gronk spike. Um, And, you know, what's going to be interesting, too, and fun to watch is, you know, remember the year they went 18-1 and or whatever it was, and Mm -hmm. they were just smashing teams, and they would never take their foot off the pedal. You know, Brady would have eight touchdowns or whatever it was. They'd be up by 72 points in the second quarter, and Brady would be out there doing the kneel down at fourth quarter kind of thing. I think it's going to be the same thing. I think Brady is just going to dominate from the opening whistle to the very last snap, depend no matter what the score is, and uh, just almost like a homage to the you know the the Patriots winning years. So um, yeah, this is like you know made for a movie. Like you said, this is unreal. 68 yards to break the passing record at his old home for it's silly, right? But it's going to be fun to watch, man. Now we got to talk about another game after that one, man. We should have flipped the score of the order here. We got the Raiders at three and zero against the Chargers, two and one. Fifty two and a half point over under. Chargers three and No, this game is going to be awesome too. <laughs> Obviously, there's uh, you know two teams in the AFC West who are playing really good football right now. The Raiders have snuck out some wins and are undefeated, and the Chargers are two and one after beating uh, the Chiefs last week, so they're feeling great. Fifty two and a half point over under. Chargers are three and a half point favorites at home. Uh, the Raiders are airing it out, man. They're top and total yardage, um, passing yards in the NFL. Derek Carr's leading the league. He's playing amazing football, probably the best of his career. Uh, but the Chargers are no joke either, right? This game, yeah, it should be a dynamo. I like that a lot. Uh, so the big question here is Josh Jacobs. He's highly questionable, um, which is tough because the Monday night football game, right? If you don't have somebody else in Monday night's game that you can start, you know, you kind of kind of make the decision without knowing for sure if he's going to play. but that's what happens with monday night football so keep an eye on that um peyton barber sounds like he could get a pretty heavy workload if jacobs is out and then maybe not Kenyon drake so uh it's really interesting to see how that plays out um and keenan allen is limited in practice but i'm not really too worried about him at all he's he's you know been around the block so i'm definitely starting Derek Carr. Man, he's a no-brainer now darren waller is definitely a starter um justin herbert no-brainer Mike Williams, no brainer. Like these guys are having amazing years, and they're being used in different ways. Like especially Mike Williams, you know, we were not sure about him coming into the season. They they've changed his role. They kind of told us about it. Joe Lombardi told us he was going to use him in different ways, and they're absolutely doing that. Herbert's got his trust, and uh, or vice versa, and uh, yeah, I expect big things to continue as long as he's healthy. Um, Austin Eckler, no doubt about it. Keenan Allen, for sure. Um, the maybes are, you know, they're definite maybes for sure with the, the running back situation being so un, unclear in uh, Las Vegas. So Drake, Barber, you know, if Jacobs is out and you're desperate, I have no problem starting either one of them in a flex. Henry Ruggs is making more and more plays every week. So I'm, you know, I, I think he could do worse and I would not start Jared Cook even though he, he almost had a touchdown last week. All that being said, I think I'm taking the Chargers at home and uh, given the Raiders their first loss but this game's going to be a lot of fun
0: man you talk about uh, you talk about barber and how kind of unexpected of a situation what are you doing, Raiders? You brought in Kenyon Drake. Already that didn't make a lot of sense when you have Josh Jacobs. You, he's the highest paid backup running back in the league, basically. And then your starter goes out, the thing that you pay him to do, and you've got Peyton Falcon Barber carrying the ball 20 times. What are you doing? Holy moly. Yikes. Um, yeah, this is, uh, it's part of me thinks it's not going to be a great game, but the way the Raiders are throwing the ball, I think it's going to be back and forth. We've seen them pull some magic. We saw it last year, even when they beat the chiefs, um, you know, the one team that, uh, upset them, but I don't know that they've got enough in it. I don't know that their defense can slow things down when Justin Herbert's playing the way he is. And I'm with you. I think the Chargers are gonna hand the Raiders their first loss and uh, and go to three to three and one and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some tight football coming down the stretch in that division there.
1: Well, uh, we've got the you know it's Thursday, you know what that means? We've got our buddy Tyler could jumping in here with some uh, contributing sit starts and avoids. so let's do his segment with a sitting start.
0: Coach, you can't put me in now. We can win this. It's just bad strategy. A sitting start.
2: Hello, Falcon Maniacs! Welcome to A Sitting Start, Week 4 edition. Let's get started. Jonathan Taylor. This has to be the week. This has to be the week, right? Miami's been super generous to backs lately. Peyton Barber, Damian Harris. Dolphins allow the second most fantasy points per game to running backs. This could be the matchup that finally gets Jonathan Taylor going another person that's been a slow start calvin ridley ridley's targets are still high falcons offense is a mess but the offense still runs through ridley kyle pitts is still a rookie he's doing rookie things this could be a juicy matchup for ridley against the washington football defense that hasn't looked great this year and this one's for you jeff justin fields versus the detroit lions it seems like every week i'm picking someone to have a big matchup against the lions this week justin fields got a raw deal last week against cleveland much, much easier defense to throw against in uh, in Detroit. He's going to be playing at home in Chicago, so at least he'll be cheered for the first half. All right, guys, let's get to some sits. Damian Harris, sit him down. He got locked down against the Saints defense last week. Expect a much harder day for Damian Harris against a powerful Buccaneers run defense. Even with James White's injury, don't expect that usage pick up to benefit much of his fantasy points this week. Chargers defense is a lot tougher of a matchup. Keep Barbara on your bench. Teddy Bridgewater, another sit. I know the Broncos cruise for the first three weeks of the season. The Ravens is going to be a much harder test. It could be Teddy's first real test. They seem to be over their early defensive struggles in the past game, and we don't really know what Teddy's capable of yet. The last three teams he beat are collectively 0-9. Our third sit of the week, Kenny Galladay. Even if Galladay plays through his hip injuries and becomes a leading receiver on targets, Uh, Because of injuries to Sterling Sharp and Darius Slayton, he's a much, much tougher nightmare. It's a much tougher matchup against Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints. All right, guys. I have no idea about this person. I love him, but I have no idea. Christian Kirk. He's been one of the most consistent of Zona's wide receivers right now, but he plays out of the slot. 69 of his 77 snaps are played from the slot position. You know who the Rams slot defender was in the nickel package all of last week? Jalen Ramsey the Rams have only allowed one touchdown to a receiver this year and if you're have a slot receiver going against Jalen Ramsey all game I don't know I I don't know if I would start him but also the Arizona offense is so powerful I just don't know what to do with Christian Kirk this week how about you boys
1: so there you go. You know, you were talking about Jonathan Taylor has a lot to prove this week. He's one of Tyler's starts against the Miami Dolphins. He also likes Calvin Ridley against Washington and Justin Fields. Woo! Another guy you talked about against the Lions. Uh, his sits are Damian Harris against the Bucks uh, for obvious reasons. Teddy Bridgewater against the Ravens and Kenny Galladay against the Saints. And he asked the question, what to do with Christian Kirk against the Rams? Uh, so he's got 69 of his 77 snaps are from the slot, and Ramsey's probably going to shadow him. How do you feel about Christian Kirk this week?
0: See, we've talked about the target share in Arizona and how close it is amongst all those receivers. Now, part of that, too, is Hopkins being limited last week, um, Kirk being just behind A.J. Green and and uh, Nuke Hopkins. So this is a week where I would probably flip up um the two guys like I normally have Kirk ahead of Green um as that secondary receiver spot that you could put in but I would actually probably flip the script I think I I hear what Tyler's saying and I would I would pivot away from Christian Kirk if I could just because of what Ramsey can do And uh, I would absolutely be okay with um, with putting AJ Green out there. He's getting end zone looks. He's getting lots of targets. And he's shown that he still has a little bit in the tank. And, you know, the Rams, they're not what they were. They're not what we thought they might be or at least not yet. So until they show that, I want pieces of the uh, of the Arizona passing game. But uh, in order, I'd have them Hopkins, then Green, then Kirk this week just because of that positional uh, matchup.
1: And don't forget about Rondell Miller. I know he didn't do anything last week, um, and he only had one carry, but that carry was within the two-yard line. So uh, this kid, and I think they're going to continue to do that. So uh, I don't like him better than any of the other receivers this week. Uh, just he's another fit factor in that offense that uh, – could eat into Kirk's role.
0: Yep, and it only takes one play for a guy like that, right? One play, and he and he makes the gamble worthwhile. All right, well, those were uh those were some great starts and sits from our uh, special correspondent Tyler. But we need to roll things out with confidence. And uh, from our performance last week, I I need a little boost of confidence. I don't like the way that things are going with our picks here so far, Jeff. So we need to uh we need to strap on that ammo belt. We got a tough mission up ahead of us. We need to call in the guy you call to get things done. We need to make our picks for Rambo of the Week.
2: Get sir. I've
0: been trying to get! Please Are listen. The fancy fucking football Rambo of the Week.
2: Who are you? Who's sniper.
0: So last week, I <laughs> when we put our names down, I loved yours. It was almost the guy I picked. I loved mine. I thought this is a no-brainer, and they both were a bit of a letdown. I had TJ Hawkinson, who's been uh, you know making a name for himself, making a case as one of the elite tight ends. He was going up against the Ravens, the best tight end matchup in the league, and he caught two passes for 10 yards, two fantasy points. What?! What in a game the Lions almost won and their best receiver did nothing. And on the other side you had CeeDee Lamb who uh you know opened the game with a mat, like a what like a 42 yard reception and I thought oh he's going 250 this game for sure but nope he ended up with 3 for 66 eight fantasy points. So you know both of their teams showed up but uh the guys that we put our money down on did not. So sorry about that but we're rolling it back this week. I've talked about this guy. I talked about that matchup. I'm going with the golden boy. He's going to do something special. Tom Brady. If you've got Brady, there's no question. You know what to do. He's going home. He's going to show him. He's made something of himself across on the west, on the, uh, well, I almost said the west coast, the west, the west east coast. Uh, he's, he's going back to Foxborough and he's going to do something special this game. Roll him out with confidence. Put the golden boy in your lineup, set it and forget it. Rambo of the week.
1: I like that. Uh, yeah, that one's a great pick. Uh, I'm going with the guy, you know, I changed it three times before we went on air. I changed it the second we started the segment, uh, for Rambo of the week. Um, I almost had DeAndre Swift, but now I'm changing my mind. Tyreek Hill is going to go off. Philadelphia Eagles Ooh. secondary not good. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are not happy, and I think they're going to go off. I said I kind of convinced myself when I did that breakdown. I'm taking Tyreek Hill to have one of his big Tyreek Hill type games. He is my Ramble of the week. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I have a quote, but it speaks like this. (laughs) Uh, This has now become my favorite segment of the week, though, and we did pretty good, man. Our next one, it's so uh, let's do it again. The Roy Munson (laughs) of the week. Let me give you
0: some advice. Stay away from this guy, huh? Give him a wide berth. He's what is called a born loser. The Roy Munson of the week. A real Munson. Yeah, we're really good at picking the so, yeah. uh, the duds.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's it's a gift. That's it's a Falcon gift, right? So this is a kind of a guy who's uh, you know in a good situation, showing a lot of promise. But uh, we don't love the matchup for whatever reason this week. Last week we had Corey Davis who ended up with six points, and we had scary Terry McLaurin who hit his floor basically with eight points, um, only four catches for sixty-two yards. So we're pretty bang on with the guys that aren't good. Um, who are you going with this week, big fella?
0: Oh, this I felt like I could have made a safer pick, but uh, I've said it a couple times. I said it on the when I talked about my Rudy of the week. I said it when I did the recap, when we talked about the fantasy duds. I talked about it this week. My Munson is Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown going up against the Broncos. I just don't feel good. And no, it's not just the drops. No, I don't think, oh, he's not going to see any targets whatsoever. I just I just have a bad feeling the way Lamar's throwing the ball, the way Hollywood is um, you know running his routes, the way the Broncos are shutting things down in the passing game and pressuring the quarterback. I just think that people expect big, big, big things and they're gonna be disappointed with Hollywood. Uh, it might be more of a Dollywood performance this week. So uh, yeah, my uh, my pick for a real Munson. Marquise Hollywood Brown.
1: It Took a while to get her going, but uh, I'm going with, you know, I've changed this one again. i changed this one a whole bunch. I had Calvin Ridley down here uh, against Washington, but I changed that last second to Brandon Cooks against the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah, I just think the Bills D is going to smash, and Brandon Cooks, even though he's been putting up numbers with everybody, I think that comes to an end this week. Kind of feels like a cheat pick, but, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks has proven us wrong every single week, um, but I think this week he does not so i'm taking brandon cooks as my Munson of the week
0: give him a wide berth oh well you know what man why did i say florida's on the (laughs) west coast people aren't gonna listen to this show anymore after that this isn't fantasy geography sorry folks like
1: putting out a fire with a paper bag
0: (laughs) (laughs) i need to stop drinking through the week All right, before we get going, uh, we are going to touch on our League of Note, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and we are going to preview the game of the week.
2: Welcome to the League of Extraordinary
0: Gentlemen. I'm waiting to be impressed. So coming into week four, we have a big time matchup. We've got another hawk in the wall at 3-0 taking on Surprise at 2-1. Uh, this is going to be a close one according to the projections. Hawk is projected to go uh, to go up 192 to 184. He needs his dual threat, the Twin Towers, the tight end duo of Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson to step up in a big, big way, while Surprise needs Big Ben and Robbie Anderson to surprise us all and actually do something. So uh, good luck to you there, Steve, with Surprise. Good luck to you, Hawk. Hopefully you give us a better matchup than we had last week.
1: No kidding. And there's some doozies this week. There's already been some big trades in our League of Note today, and I'm sure that's going to continue. But uh, that's it for today's episode. Thank you, Falcon Maniacs, for listening. Uh, Once again, check us out on Instagram at Falcon Maniacs or on Twitter at Falcon Maniacs this weekend for our start, sit, questions, post. And Sunday morning, follow our Insta story for our injury updates. Remember, Falcon Maniacs, it's the season of championships. We're here to help you go get them. Always be champing. A, B, C. That's right, baby. Uh, Thanks for listening. Good luck with your matchups this weekend. And don't forget to set your falcon lineups. Christian.
0: Florida's on the East Coast.